Raw Ag is your link to the food chain and every episode will take you somewhere along that chain. From conception to consumption, you will hear from the cutting-edge players in Australian agriculture with industry news, unique views and presentations. We can all be better farmers, sustainable, regenerative and innovative. We can all be more informed and aware consumers. And Rorag is your next step in that direction. Brought to you by Ace Radio and Tamania Angus. I'm Kate Mead and today it is my honour to introduce you to host Tom Gubbins. Jack and Jan Roxburgh from Coomate in Western Victoria run one of Victoria's longest continually held family farms. Coomate was selected in 1860 and has never been sold. The operation is fairly evenly split between cattle, sheep and cropping. Their teamwork underpins their success in their family business, with both of them playing different roles in tapping into their different skill sets. Welcome to the Raw Ag Podcast, Jack and Jen. Thanks, Tommy. We've just been through the most unbelievable spring. Is this the best spring ever, do you think? Uh, the best I've seen, I think, yes. Yeah. Jack and Jen are neighbours of um, ours, so we're both enjoying a very abundant year. We've had a dry winter, nice and mild, and then just when we thought that it may never rain again, down it came and all the crops got filled and spring uh, silage was very um, abundant indeed. You've got quite a complicated business, as I explained in the intro, um, three enterprises and run um, as a family partnership concern. How many enterprises do you have? Because I think you've got a few more than three, really, haven't you? Well, we run you know, beef cattle, um, prime lamb, and then there's three cropping enterprises, uh, wheat, feed wheat, canola, and um, faber beans, yeah. So that's a fair bit to get your heads around. Yeah, there's always some compromises. And so, you know, in all of this, in a partnership and, you know, obvious uh, family partnerships in agriculture are quite common and, and are very successful, you need some collaboration in your decision making. How does that work for you and Jen? Well, I think initially, um, I, I actually remember uh, a truck arriving just when we were first married and saying to Jack what's that truck doing here and he said we're selling sheep today and and I realized I actually had no um, involvement in what the hell was going on I grew up on a rice farm um, but I really had no involvement in any decision making process there um, and I, I think that that at that point I realized that I was useless in the decision-making process and so then um, I did a couple of courses and upskilled and then Jack would ask me questions about should we do this should we do a b or c and so I think that um, one of the big things for me in collaborating is um, knowledge you have to actually be useful to for Jack to spend the time to ask me questions, otherwise um, there there is no collaboration. So you so you actually have to be um, on top of the production. Even though Jack does all the production, he bounces all the ideas off me at night. Well, not all of them. 
Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> so which ones are those, Jenda? Uh, which, which ones does Jack try and keep secret sometimes? And uh, you too, probably. But uh, two, two trusting um, people talking, uh, their outcomes are much better than one, aren't they? Much, much. And, and I think when you voice an idea, you actually develop your own idea at the same time. So it's sort of a double, uh, a double benefit because not only do you get the other person's perspective, but you actually organise your own perspective in a, in a structured presentation of the idea. So between yourselves and other people um, on the farm, you negotiate with each other until it's almost, well, obviously between yourself, you have to negotiate until it's unanimous or is sometimes Not the, pers- the person me. with the most skills in the area might, um, the other person may surrender to the person with the most skill? Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily a power um, play, but I think... Um, I didn't really mean that, sorry. Yeah. Could have come over like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, um, you know, we have a Monday morning meeting of, of which is discussed Jack's list of things to do and uh, I think together all of us make a plan for the week and then um, everyone leaves the meeting and Jack changes his mind. <laughs> well, you know, and that happens in our business too. It's, it's um, often the issues come up at the meeting and and then you go away and ru- ru- um, sort of ruminate on them, and and have a new um, concept. So I mean that happens in business, and I think that's actually one of the luxuries of family business is that that rumination then appears again later on in the day, and you have another chat about it. Whereas in a corporate, um, you know, to reconstruct the meeting is probably quite difficult, mm. um, and so the decision that was made goes through a little bit whereas in family farming you're more flexible i i think that it gives you confidence in your decisions you know you you you, making decisions making no decision is probably the worst thing of all so if Mm. you can throw it around and be more confident um yeah it's invaluable these uh, five enterprises you have being so complex um the, you have to um, obviously make decisions about priorities and, uh, and those things day to day, and that's what we're talking about in this decision-making process. Yeah, well, I, I think that with five enterprises, everything becomes a bit of a compromise, and so you need to know, well, you need to make the right decision on what actually needs the most attention at that time. So, yeah, and and I guess that's communication with with gender and the staff to say look what's really what do we really need to do this week that which is it, it works pretty well now yeah. yeah my my dad used to say when he'd go and visit um clients at buying bulls office that um he could tell which enterprise was the most profitable by the amount of attention or the care or the love that the farmer had for the particular enterprises do you see that in your business that perhaps uh, the things you enjoy doing most, and possibly you you enjoy doing different things, gets more intent more attention. And uh, I think the thing that makes you the most money, you'll probably do uh, <laughs> a, bit, a bit more, Perhaps. pay a bit more attention to. Yes, but um, depends on the year. Yeah, that, that's. But and and also, you know, I suppose I like beef cattle more than other things, so I might tend to, if I've got a choice, I'll go and do that work. Yeah. So, um, you know, from day to day, 
Um, I think that your business is much more complex than you really give it credit because you've been doing it for so long. Um, the decision making between um, the different attentions you give to these enterprises um, probably is a bit taken for granted a little bit. I think in the decision making, you, you, you don't want to be putting fires out everywhere. So you really, I think experience tells you what you need to do and when you need to do it. And it, it's helpful to have a diary to look back what you did last year because, um, you know, a very learned friend of mine said the difference between a, a good farmer and a bad farmer is two weeks. So, yeah, you know, timing is everything. Yeah, you know, really, I think in agriculture, timing is and, and attention to detail, but timing especially is is very important. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I also think flexibility because in one season you can think, okay, next year I'm going to do A, B, and C, and next year arrives and the conditions are all different, so you've actually got to do D and E. You know, you, you it's evaluating constant evaluation. And yes, I agree. I think we do take for granted a lot of the time um, the complexities of the business and we don't give, you know, you don't actually then have time to sit back and look at your business as a whole. You spend a lot of, you can get um, swept away focusing on things that are not that important. Yeah, I wasn't really putting that forward as a criticism. I was saying no, that, no. you know, that perhaps it's more complicated and you're really good at it and, oh. you, don't, and you don't understand how good at it you are. But, so well, everybody makes mistakes and I think you course. don't learn from them um, and do it better next year. Yeah, that's, that's the challenge. I yeah. Guess. So what are your different skills? Jack, what are you... Um, uh, um, what I, do you lean towards? I think... Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's not good at taking Um I think my strengths are yeah, probably um, no, I don't know them, but oh, uh, come on, I know you're pretty. Oh, you're a pretty good mathematician. I know that you. You know you. you um, well, I can. I can. I can sort of see the. Um, I suppose I can see the outcome and and know how to get there in a lot of things. Um, but I think my more my weaknesses are that uh, is in communication, and I think that that's where our team works a lot better. Um, in that you know Jenny's a pretty good communicator, and um, we did lack that in the business, and she's really sort of brought that to the fore. I think. I think uh, Jack needs to talk about his um, positive sides a bit more. <laughs> He's not but, very good at it. No. So, Jenny, you might have to help him with those and also tell, um, tell us about yours. I think Jack's really good at having a lot of balls in the air and I think I'm really good at catching them and putting them together. Yeah. That so, sounds pretty good. Yeah. So I think that he, he's got a lot going on in his head but I am able to actually go to pull it together to create a business more, yep. more so Jack, Jack gets obsessed with building a new road or building a new fence or, you know, I think um, because I am not hands-on, like I can tell you right now, I'm not in the sheepyards drenching sheep <laughs> and I'm scared of the cows. So because I am not involved in the day-to-day -day running of the farm, I think that um, our skill together is that I can actually stand back from all those day-to-day -day issues and we then together 
can make decisions about the business rather than about the, you know, should that fence post go there or there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So from time to time um, there would be disagreements, you know, on on process. How do you resolve those? Do you just... um, do you just talk them through until there's a consensus or does, and I've sort of mentioned that before and I didn't mean it to be sort of a power play, but it, if one's perhaps more experienced in that area, does one concede a little bit that, you know, they may not be around it or do you bat it out until you absolutely are unanimous about the decision? I don't think with two there can be a unanimous decision all the time. So... I think that if you've got the strength in your conviction to say to think that that's the right thing to do, you'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, having taken into consideration the other viewpoint that perhaps you wouldn't have had before the discussion. And likewise with gender, she will put a foot down with things with you, Jack. That, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She has the strength in, the convi- in her conviction. I will. I will listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't tend to have many situations where. I want something and Jack wants something different. Well, I think that comes from what you're talking about with your communication. I mean, if you start the thought right from the from the embryo of it together, there's no reason why you disagree anyway, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's we... when you when the truck arrives because the sheep are leaving. That's probably <laughs> when there might be a problem. Yeah. yeah. Look, I don't want to take away from what possibly might be um, some of your M's, but you've recently changed a bit of your finances. And um, you've changed banks and done things like that. Well, how did that process come about? Well, I think that you need to really, that's part of your business, you need to review every few years and um, it's worth going to the market like anything else. Um, you know, if you're marketing stock or grain or anything, it's worth having a look around to see what's available. And they can get a little complacent banks i think so um it's always worth asking the question you know you can't it's a difficult and arduous sort of transformation but um you know it's a good idea to go to the market a bit on you know every biannually or you know every few years yeah i sort of still believe that um yeah i think it's a good thing we'll do it again will we at some stage. Because I've done all the work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been 10 years since we did it. So, you know, it's something that you think you should do. It's a bit like your insurance policies. You know, you should review them all the time, but, oh, we're just... Yeah, it's... It's busy. More work. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's work. Yeah. yeah. And you've re- recently also changed your accounting system, I understand, so... That would have been a huge job. Yes. Now, that is actually one of my masterpieces because... Well, we'll leave it for then, then. All right. At the moment, in comparing beef and lamb prices, why do you not... Um, and, and I would imagine that, you know, because of the attention to detail in your prime lamb business, it would be doing very well on a return per hectare. Why don't you simplify your operation and exit your beef and increase the number of lambs you produce? <coughs> It was, um, we have had a look at that a few times and really because we've got a a range of country that some of it doesn't suit lamb production and 
it's horses for courses a bit. So um, we we think we still really need to maintain a beef herd um, just for a balance of grazing, really. Um, and they've all of a and sudden parasite control. Yeah, um, but they're now they're really up there in profitability. So um, well. We're glad we didn't. Yeah, glad you didn't. So, and cleaning up stubbles, are they helping the cropping more or less than sheep? Um, they're both the same. B- both the same, but really just, yeah, um, the different grazing um, on pasture, really, the, the different pressure you can bring yep. to bear. Because yep. lambs under beans is pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, you, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, again, the sheep will always have a fit with cropping, I think, uh, more, than, more so than cattle, but... Um, you know, the country, yeah, some of our country better, yeah. Yeah. So, how much in the round our district do you think, um, uh, the locals don't consider land use enough or do it well? I I think they do it pretty well. I I think that you know, a lot of people do did what dad does, and and dad did what his dad did because, or mum, or because. It suited the land. Yeah, I think there's, you know, um, with it, with new technology and and raised bed cropping, cropping's moving into our district where it was never viable before because it was too wet in winter. So, you know, technologies have have um, allowed that to happen, but before that, it it was unviable. Yeah. So I, I think they're generally pretty good at it, but perhaps not so good at adopting technology as quickly as perhaps they should and that increase in adoption of technology might transform transform enterprises a little bit more yeah it could yeah it could yeah Mm. all right i think we've um nick got to the point where we need to talk about your um three m's and because there's two of you it could take a little longer than normal so i think we'll get on with it um jen could i ask you first i think we might do um mistakes first of both of you do you think or do you want to do them uh go through all of yours why don't we go through all of yours mistakes um masterpieces and mentors and then we'll do jacks or are they the same is that the way you want to do it no then no they're not the same righto um uh mistakes i think um from a business perspective um i'm always the handbrake I'm the one who's less likely to take a risk and I think that that in hindsight has been a mistake but you know mistakes are easy to look back on and at the time I just you know it was about buying more land when it was you know a third of the price it is these days and I just wasn't happy i just couldn't take on any more debt um and i think that was a mistake yeah for sure but um, having a radical partner it might be good though to have a steady hand on the rudder <laughs> yeah i'd say so <laughs> uh, yeah i mean things happen for a reason and it's it'll be okay in the end but in with hind the benefit of hindsight i you know, I wished I'd never had a handbrake on. And your, um, the masterpieces? I think firstly, as I touched on before, 
upskilling myself, getting involved in local education programs with RIST and bringing me into the business was definitely a masterpiece. We had a, um, Jack used to say years ago when we were first married, oh, can you go to town this morning and get some rings because we're landmarking? And I would think, what the hell? How come you're not more organised? Anyway, so I decided that he probably needed a consultant to tell him because he wouldn't listen to me at that stage. And the consultant arrived and I had a eight-month-old baby and I was about five months pregnant. Yes, they're very close together. Um, and the consultant said to me, what do you do for the business? And I looked at him as if he was mad and said, well, I'm pretty busy. And he said, well, it's not going to work. You need to be involved. And I started paying the bills. And um, I think that that... That was um, that was a huge turning point for me, getting involved at, at that level. Two minds are better than one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it just gave me involvement. It just, you know, I wasn't an outsider anymore. To mentors along the way? Mentors, yes. I've got a few of them. Um, my mum, firstly, she was the... Uh, a pharmacist and uh, the wife of a farmer, and she did all the she did all the finances. So definitely, mum. Um, I worked on a cattle sta- uh, on a sheep station in Western Australia in my uni holidays, and it was a busy place. It was two and a half million acres, and there was you know it was the eighties, and there was twenty staff, and and Jane, the owner's wife. Um, was just vibrant and it was happening and there was action and so I always remember my time there and just thinking you know how good it felt to be part of such a vibrant place and the other so a mentor for me is someone that you ring for advice I I don't know that I have Uh, an actual mentor but these three women really I think have influenced um, me ending up where I am yeah and the other one is my aunt rude Jude in the nude who um, was a partner in a cattle stud in Queensland and they always had lots of people around and although she used to buy Valentino shoes so she (laughs) There's not everything about Jude. But, um, yeah, and cooking and family and, you know, being the heart of an operation is the house and the home and the family and the fun that you have um, around what what a farm provides. You, you don't get kicked out of a party. You can play up all night, you know, and I think that very much the the wife or the woman or the home uh, create, allows fun. It's not, it's not just about work. It's about living there. It's about um, your home being welcoming to everyone, to staff, to, to um, your kids, to their friends. And, and I think that, you know, all three of those women, I, I can see that that definitely... Um, they all have played a part in how I do what I do, I think, yeah. 
Thanks for that, Jenda. That was that was great. Thank you, Jack. What are, what are your um, mistakes? Mistakes. Uh, where do I start? Um, oh, <laughs> um, I suppose in the early days, you know, I started. I've been farming for thirty something years, and in the early days, there there, there wasn't a lot of capital about. It it was pretty tight, and um, and I suppose I had a lot of development to do, and and I suppose not funding the development properly. I think that you know um, was just trying to do it on the on the cheap and really had you spent the money the return would have been more immediate and and yeah so, you would have been far better off a lot quicker so I think that was a mistake um, but it was tough you know in mm. those days um, uh, but you know, and the general production mistakes you do, I suppose, and and um, yeah, and probably um, just you know under underfunding the development, I think, would be the the biggest thing that, that you know, and 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 not communicating enough on your ideas. I think that was sort of uh, you know I lacked it, you know that skill a bit. Um, um, is it masterpieces? Um, masterpieces. Masterpieces. This is a bit you're really good marrying at. Marrying me. <laughs> well, that's that's the first thing is, is marrying well. I think that's probably the most important decision of your life, and I did it well. Uh, so I give myself a big tick for that. Um, and and I suppose the other thing was expanding the business. You know, when when we we could. Um, Gender talked about. You know, not really wanting to take on debt, and at the time interest rates were high. You know, mm. and land might have been cheaper than it is, but relatively interest rates were high, and 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 there was true negative gearing going on. You know, mm. um, so negative gearing is not much use if you're not making a profit, though. Well, no, but you know, and at the, at the time things were tough. It's, yeah, yeah, it's difficult to negatively gear a property now because you're paying two percent. Mm. It's you know, yep. you're, you're, it's positively geared. So, um, yeah, but but really expanding the business through debt finance and and um, and you know increasing the size and scale of it was was probably the best thing I did. Yeah, um, uh, and. My mentors, well, I think they're my peers. I think they're the people around me that uh, um, I I respect, and that's who I ring for advice. Um, you know, I, I people are good at different things, and if you, I pick the eyes out of what people are doing around me and try and copy them. Yeah, so I think they're my mentors, really. Hmm. Well, thank you both. Thank I've you, just Jack. Got for that. one other thing. I yeah. really would like to add. Um, and that is, I think once I really, really valued my role in providing food and home and um, realising it was every bit as important that Jack got dinner on the tractor as it was for him to drive the tractor. I, I think once I valued being the cook, the washer, the you know the the homekeeper it's every bit as important as drenching sheep or driving a tractor you know I, I 
I think you can spend as as a wife and a mum. I think you can you can get dragged down into thinking that you're just everybody's slave, but that's actually not the case at all. You're a very integral part in the business doing that because it provides a it provides you know uh, a space for everyone to be in. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on uh, the Raw Ag podcast today. Um, I bought, I invited Jack and Jen to come on because they're neighbours of ours and I've been looking over the fence and they've been doing such a fantastic job. And um, I thought it'd be nice for everyone to hear a little bit about your story. And so, and um, they also play quite a, a major role in the community and do lots of things for others and they're wonderful people in the community. And so thank you very much for coming in and thanks for being my neighbour. Thank you, Tom. If you're enjoying the Raw Ag podcast, make sure you rate and review on your favourite podcast app.